22 family, welcome to Love Week on Relate. That's right, it was not only Valentine's weekend, but Pastor Joby preached on the vow and that wedding day that went oh so perfectly, I'm sure. Today we are going to dive deeper into what it means to live in a covenant relationship versus a contract. And we're going to hear how Pastor Joby and Gretchen do that in their daily lives. As always, you can catch up on all things Song of Solomon and Relate by going to coe22.com slash Song of Solomon. Today we're here with Pastor Joby and Gretchen and our special guests and friends, Chad and Mallory Neesmith. What's up? Now, What's Chad up? and Mallory are from <laughs> Jessup, Georgia, which I'm sure I'm saying that wrong. Can you tell me how you say it? Jessup. Jessup. You got to kind of get in All there right. with it. You know? it's, it's Jesus with a P. Yeah. Oh, oh, Jesus with a P. There yeah. you go. Well, since you did come so far, we actually have a small gift in light of Valentine's Day. Uh, a small oh, gift yeah. for you. Chad, you can wear this whenever you'd like. The um, classic heart headband. You can yes. pass that down. I know you want that, but yeah. you don't yeah. have yeah. to. We are talking and about the, this next week. So. Yeah, save that for that. <laughs> right? It even matches my shirt. Yeah, it's so. perfect. Yes. Uh, and then we have the most disgusting, chalky uh, Valentine's Day candies yeah. where you guys can create love messages. You also have to pass this down. You don't get to keep that. Oh, man. <laughs> um, we're so excited. So um, we know you're incredible disciples. You're doing a work up in Jessup um, with some disciple groups up there and 1122 just on the move, right? Yeah, we, um, it's really growing and we have a great group of friends up there who watch online. We have some that come with us regularly. Uh, down to watch the sermons and uh, it's just amazing what God is doing up there. So cool. So because it is love week and why not, uh, we're going to play couple versus couple newlywed game and the theme is going to be wedding since we're also mm. talking the vow. So in front of you, each of you have, each couple has a piece of paper and a marker. You can designate who's going to be the writer as both wives just naturally picked up the, <laughs> the marker. Um, I'm going to ask three questions and then you as a couple will answer it based on the other couple's wedding. So you will be answering based on how you think Chad and Mallory's wedding went. Are we good with the marker? Oh. I can't get it open. I was just listening. You were Hercules. Hercules. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> next week. Okay, so you'll answer on behalf of the other couple. So here are the three questions, and we'll give you some time to write what? it down. Number you need me to explain it again? I was, yeah, we I were. was impressed okay. with my wife. I'm going to ask a question about... A wedding. You're going to answer what you think Chad and Mallory's wedding was like okay. with the question. Right. And they're going to answer on behalf of you. Got it. Okay. okay? All right. Question number one, what was their first dance song? Number two, what kind of food did they have at the reception? And number three, what kind of wedding venue did they get married at? So barn, courthouse, okay. field. Okay? We'll give you a minute. While they're answering these questions, check out this short clip from Pastor Joby's sermon on The Vow this weekend. If you're having a problem in your marriage, very few people have marriage problems. Marriage problems are things like, uh, he doesn't know which way to do the toilet paper, okay? Beards are good, mullets are bad. You understand? Like you lay it over the top, no over the back. Boom, I just solved your marriage problem, all right? But ultimately, if you got a problem in your marriage, what you really have is a gospel problem. You see, because, and I know what some people will say, but yeah, but you don't understand. W what if I get mistreated? Okay, well, ultimately what a marriage is this. Remember, we've talked about this several times. In Ephesians chapter five, verse 21, Paul says, husbands and wives, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. So how did Christ love us? Did he wait until we did our end of the bargain and then he swooped in and did his end of the bargain? No way. But God demonstrates his love for us in this, that while we were yet still sinners, Christ died for us. And when we understand that, that truth of the gospel, then we know how to love our spouse in a covenantal way, just the way that God has loved us. That's how we're supposed to love. So here's the point. 
Here's the point, marriage is a covenant, not a contract. A contract says if you, then I. And again, if you're in that kind of relationship, it's a constant tug of war and you always feel like you're negotiating. All right, well, you can spend that money, but I get to go do this. Okay, but if you get to go do that, then I get, and you're like, well, this is weird, man. This is weird. This is like two hostile nations trying to figure out how to live peaceably with one another. That is not God's ideal for a marriage. A covenant is no matter what I do, no matter what I do. All right, we're back and we gave them some time to answer their three questions and answers have all been locked in. So I will ask the couple what, they're gonna answer the question and then you'll lift up your paper and show what you, what you answered. So okay. number one, what was their first dance song? So China Mallory, what was your first dance song? We didn't have one. Oh, we didn't have one. Okay, what'd you guys put? The Boot Scootin' Boogie. <laughs> <laughs> If we would have had one, that would have been it. (laughs) For sure. That's one point for us. Okay, that's one point for you. Okay, Joby and Gretchen, what was your first dance song? We didn't have one either. What? (laughs) She was sick. Oh, you have not. You guys in your wedding days. All right, well, what'd you guys put? Faithfully by Journey. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that's so good. One one. Wow. <laughs> okay, so neither of you had first dance songs. <laughs> okay, number two, um, Chad and Maui, what kind of food did you have at your reception? Italian. Oh. Really? Curveball. Oh, so yeah. sophisticated. Yeah. We went with fried chicken. <laughs> <laughs> also feels right. What kind of Italian? Just like I pasta and stuff? I don't, where was it at? I don't know. It was like, um, it was like a, I, I don't know. Okay. It, it was kind of remember. a fried chicken. It was like chicken marsala where they fry it. Real portion, classy. Portion yeah. Still fried. Still fried. Chad, yeah. Chad's an excellent cook. <laughs> yeah. I try. Really I try. Yeah. Real fancy. <laughs> All right, okay, Joe and Gretchen, what was your food at your reception? Uh, we had the little wedding wieners. That, and then we cut regular sandwiches into triangles and put a toothpick in it to make them fancy. And Gretchen doesn't remember because she was sick. <laughs> she was sick. I wasn't there even. I was a youth pastor. Was we got married there. like at the church I worked at, and then we had our reception in the gymnatorium afterwards. <laughs> hey, excuse me. You're ruining the next question. Oh, sorry. Uh-huh. All right. oh okay. What did you guys got? We got food? a point. I put triangle peanut butter and jellies because totally. he talked about the sermon. Yeah, that is yeah. correct. It was probably. One, it was I listened to the sermon. It was probably pimento yeah. yeah. cheese. Oh, we had yeah. that in there too. All right. Okay. Salad. Number three. Chad and Mallory, what kind of wedding venue did you get married at? We actually got married at the Lightner Museum in St. Augustine. Oh. Oh. What'd you put? A barn. <laughs> they, their wedding was way classier than what. <laughs> I don't know how you got there, but no. Um, okay, Joby and Gretchen, where did you guys get married? all those, by the way. At the gymnatorium. At the church. We got married in the church. The church family life center. Church. No, that's church. Come on. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, well. So, yeah. So, we pretty church. much won. All right, so pretty much. Scene 3-3, Anne seems like you should do another wedding so you can have a first dance. Oh. Yeah, we do. Okay, all right, we're warmed up. Let's get into it. Um, Pastor Joey, we hear you tell your story of your something of a wedding day. Mm. Terrible. But, Gretchen, we, we need to hear it from you. What was it like being sick all day? Like, what, what was your wedding day like? Well, it started the night before, so I was, I woke up in the middle of the night sick, like actively sick, if you know what I mean. Actively sick. I don't know what it was. It could have been, it could have been um, food poisoning, it could have been like a 24-hour bug. I called my parents, who live like an hour away from me, and I said, I'm sick, and my dad's like, oh, you're just nervous. I was like, oh, this is more than nerves, trust me. (laughs) I cannot get out of the bathroom, it's that bad. So I called Joby, or actually no, I you showed up. I showed up at our house. Just showed up. He was in our, the house we just bought, and he was 
just on a mattress amongst boxes because we moved in. I was still in my apartment. I, I drive there and I was like, I'm sick. And he kind of was brushing me off until I went to the bathroom and he already heard, heard that I was sick. And I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. Next morning, my mom shows up because she realizes there's something wrong. It's a Saturday, and the little town we're in, there's mm. nothing open on Saturday. Like, I would have had to go to the ER, waited hours. So this doctor in our church saw me. He said, you can either be asleep going down the aisle <laughs> or throwing up going down the aisle. Which do you prefer? <laughs> and I said, I will take my chances on sleep. So I got a shot of Finnegan and didn't even make it home before being out. He took me, like so much for seeing each other before the wedding, right? So he took me to the doctor, brought me home, put me in the bed. At this point, it's probably, I think our wedding was supposed to be at like 1.30. Um, it's like 9 o'clock at this point. I'm sleeping. My mom's like, you have to wake up. You're supposed to be there already. And so I get in the shower. I pass out in the shower with shampoo in my hair. My mom. Do you remember this? Like, are, were you like lucid, or you're like no? I was asleep? with it. Okay. I was with it. My mom drags me back to the bed, <laughs> and then he finally gets me and brings me to the church with dried, like shampoo had dried in my hair. That's Not dry shampoo. Dry. I mean, shampoo had dried yeah, in my yeah. hair. And so this lady meets me to do my hair, and they all feel so sorry for me, and blah, blah, and they're, like, pumping me with Coca-Cola to get me to wake up. And meanwhile, our wedding time had passed, and they, they had made the announcement, hey, Gretchen's here, she's sick, she's been sick all night, but she's here. In order to do this, they said, we're going to go to the gymnatorium and have our reception first. So they went and ate. That's why I don't even know what we had for our oh, reception. Um, come back, and because I was so weak, my mom and my dad both walked me down the aisle because I refused to go down the aisle in a wheelchair. <laughs> <laughs> I refused. And then we we did it super fast. We we eliminated any song, the vows. I didn't even repeat. They just said them, and I said, "Yep, <laughs> we're doing yep, this." Sounds good. Check, please. Yeah. 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 And at one point, I mean, when I'm laying in bed and Joby's there beside me, like, what What am I going to do? I was like, we are getting married. Right. One way or another. Even if they have to come here and marry us right here, we are getting married today. So good. Yeah. Okay, Chad and Mallory, how many years have you guys been married? Ten in November. Okay. Yeah. And tell us, what was your wedding day? Was it all sunshine, rainbows, perfect day? So, to give you a little backstory. Uh -oh. When we met, we met on April 2nd. He proposed July 1st, and we got married in November. When you know, you know. <laughs> so it was super fast. So we still obviously didn't know each other very well. Our families didn't know each other well. Um, the night before our wedding was the first time he actually met my brother. <laughs> and so he kind of hazed him all night long before the wedding. Oh, goodness. So my first memory like, of our wedding is I finally meet him, and I look at his eyes, and I'm like... He didn't sleep at all last night. <laughs> it was like smoke coming out of my ears. So neither one of us, like, I guess living in small towns, you just kind of assume all southern, good southern people love Jesus. And um, 
neither one of us knew what that looked like to actively pursue him. So therefore the wedding was just like, this is what we do, like we're crazy about each other, blah, 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 and like we hired somebody to marry us. So we didn't do like the pre-marriage counseling or anything, never met this man in my life before. I have no idea what his name is or anything. And so looking back, everything was very backwards mm -hmm. for us. Yeah, absolutely. It's a weird time in my life, of course. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I knew that I wanted to marry Mallory and that, uh, you know, she was wonderful for me. I didn't know exactly how that was. That was how the, this um, road was started and it was awesome, you know, and we got married and it was, everything was real quick and I'd already been married one time. She was my second wife. So, um, you know, we wanted to do it in a, in a fashion where it was, wasn't as big and it wasn't, you know, just all that flashy. So that's why we got married out of town and just a few people came. Nice. Okay. All right, let's get into some questions. So, Pastor Joby, how do you trust that what you promise and say on your wedding day is going to last through all the changes and seasons of you and your spouse? Yeah, I don't know what the questioner means by is going to last. Like... <laughs> It sounds like an over-romanticized view of marriage as a contract where you're talking about some kind of feeling or emotion. And so, so the way the question is asked versus what the word vow means are so opposite one another. What you're saying when you make a vow is, I promise, not... Not a contractual agreement, if you do your part, then I'll do my part. So if you change, then I might change. But you are vowing till death do us part. I mean, in the vows that I read, part of the things that I ask the, the couple to vow to is that I'll always laugh with you, grow with you, cry with you, do whatever it takes to continue to be your husband. And so I, I, I think the, like the underlying idea behind the question is a big problem when you begin to think what if this changes in a few decades. Everything's gonna change in a few decades. Right. That's why you make a promise or a vow before God saying, no matter what the circumstances are, I promise I'm with you till death do us part. Mm, that's good. Gretchen, anything you can add to that? No, basically exactly what he said. I mean, marriage was God's idea, just like sex was God's idea. So if, if you're not going into it thinking this is forever, then why get married? Mm. It's a God's design, and God's design is forever. One man, one woman, one lifetime. Mm -hmm. And if you, you really have to start that in your dating. You have to start that thought process before. Right. You can't be like, eh, if it doesn't work out, it's just like a contract, you know? Right. If you go into a marriage thinking that, it's, it's over. It's already over. Right. Mallory and Chad, how do you guys personally focus on your marriage being a covenant versus a contract, or how have you in your... 10 plus years, years of being married? Well, one of the ways that, we, that I do that with her is she's a very special person and um, I look to try to just let her be herself and try not to change her because you just can't do that. Only God can change people. I can't change her and uh, I love her just the way she is. She's got great qualities uh, that um, most people don't have. She's very outgoing. She's beautiful, of course, and uh, it just makes it easy to to focus on her because she is so perfect in my eyes. Ow. <laughs> so cute. 
What was the question? <laughs> Mallory, how do you how do you guys personally focus on your marriage being a covenant versus a contract? Or how have you? I'd love for you to share some of your story. I know you guys have walked through some hard stuff. Um, yeah. So initially, like I said, neither one of us knew the Lord like we are trying to do now, if that makes sense. Um, in the beginning, it was just like you get married and you stay married. My parents have been married forever. His parents have been married forever. And so that was kind of the goal for me, even though it had nothing to do with God at the time. Um, now reflecting back on like the past several years since we found the Lord in church and like God is the center of everything, it allows me to see him or help him be the man that God created him to be. Um, and so just coming to church and leaning in and even knowing the language covenant versus contract. I've never heard that before in my life. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, it still comes out, you know, like take out the trash or do this. And then we bust out laughing and it's like, is this a covenant or a contract? And then we giggle and then move on. So just even knowing that language and what it actually means and, um, in our marriage just allows us to have a firmer foundation in covenant versus contract. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, after we started coming to 1122, we renewed our, you know, faith in Jesus. We put him as the Lord of our lives and really started following him. It made it so much easier for us just to love each other for for who each other is and um, just try to follow out those vows and understand that, you know, we're going to make mistakes. There's going to be things that happen, so we're going to love each other no matter what. So, Chad and Mallory, I know that, or I assume in your wedding vows, you probably vowed for better or for worse, and you've been through the better and worse, and part of that's what let you here, right? Could you yeah. share a little bit about about that part of your marriage and how you ended up here at 1122? Several years ago, um, r shortly after we got married, um, I had a, a back injury and I went to the uh, doctor and he gave me a big old pile of pain pills. So, make a long story short, I ended up getting um, addicted to them and I uh, needed some help. Uh, we wanted to go to a Christian-based uh, facility and they had one here in Jacksonville and uh, through that, I started really finding the Lord again. And uh, one of the things that they did was they took you to church. They drove by tons of churches to bring us to 1122, and that's how I found the book. And so, Mallory, what were you going through then? Turmoil, like literally hell on earth. You know, <laughs> we just had a daughter, and so I had her. And from his previous marriage, there's two children. And so seeing what they went through with bouncing back and forth between mom and dad and, you know, all of that stuff, that was the last thing I ever wanted for her. And while he was away, it really allowed me to focus on myself and what I wanted for my life and if that included him or not. Um, I wasn't really sure um, the time apart was the best thing that could have ever happened to us because for a long time we didn't even get to talk or communicate. Like mm -hmm. he was doing his thing, I was doing my thing. He didn't know if I was at home. I didn't know if he checked out. Like we just didn't know. And you know, I just prayed the most dangerous prayer I've ever prayed in my life. And don't know if I'd really recommend people to do it, but I basically was like, if you're real, like reveal yourself to me. Mm -hmm. 
And in that moment, like the weight of the Lord and Jesus and the whole story just stamped me guilty. And for the first time ever, I was able to look at him on an even playing field instead of what I had demoted him to be because his issue was so big and hyper-focused that he was the problem all along. And then through that moment, um, I was like, you know, I'm just as wretched as he is. Like, And I didn't even have that terminology till coming to 1122 and discovering a relationship. Like none of this made sense at the time. Like I didn't know what it meant. I just meant that I was an awful person and Jesus was real. And so I needed to focus on that. So I really didn't focus on our marriage. I didn't focus on him. Like, and I didn't pick him. Like I picked Jesus. Like that moment in my bedroom. And I just chose him and he, you know, redeemed it all through lots of time and therapy and counseling and lots of lots of work. You know, it wasn't easy and it still creeps up and whispers and all of those things. But yeah, it was really hard, but worth it. It's amazing because you really had the choice to choose contract or covenant. He didn't uphold his end for better or for worse. And you could have said, well, then I'm out. And instead you chose, I'm going to trust this Jesus who I feel is real and commit myself. And now you guys are some of the most dangerous family to the kingdom and and the work you're doing. I mean, it's just, it's amazing to see how the Lord has just redeemed all of that. So what about for you guys in your daily walk? How do you pick covenant over contract? Contract has never been in my vocabulary from the beginning. I kind of same thing. I came from a family. I mean, there was no divorce in my family Mm -hmm. and, everyone stayed married whether they were happy or not forever and ever um that wasn't my goal either but you know the first five years of our marriage was not amazing like we really had some hard conversations and said some hard things to each other and questioned why in the world did we do this and you know it it really was for five years but I knew or I'm in it it never even crossed my mind that it wasn't going to work out. It was just, how are we going to make this work for the rest of our lives? And so that's, I mean, that's a covenant. Like you're, right. you figure it out, you know, and you stay together. A covenant is together. So that, you know. That's good. Anything you want to add? Yeah, man, I'm the worst. <laughs> I mean, I am. I think, I think we all walk towards the altar thinking covenant, mm. and we walk down the aisle immediately thinking contractual. Because what contractual thinking is, is you begin to think about yourself and what you are or are not getting. I mean, if you look at, and, and I don't want to, I want everybody to send in their questions and be honest. Mm-hmm. The, the majority of the questions that we get reveal that most of us are thinking about me mm-hmm. and not us. I mean, we haven't gotten one question that says, how can I serve my husband because he's so amazing? Or <laughs> I married the best girl on earth and I want to be able to prove it to her. Even better, how can you help me there? Almost every question we get, and when we get into it, when we fight, it, all, it always comes down to this. I'm not getting what I want. Mm-hmm. And, and, the, and the moment I even think that in my head, I am not getting what I want. And it's not supposed to be two eyes. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to be the two of us became one. <clears throat> and I just need those, those reminders. Yeah. Um, and, and then 
then you can share your wants and hopes and dreams and like this is kind of what I was hoping for in our marriage with your spouse. And when you love somebody and they share, you know, their hopes and dreams and wants, then you want to serve them by making those things come true. That's very different than heaping expectations and ought to's on your spouse. And I drift there mentally all the time. Because we're selfish. So I have to take those thoughts captive, remind myself of the calling to be a husband. Nowhere in it, in the Bible, does it talk about like what the husband receives. It talks about the husband serves. Those are very, two very different ways of thinking about it. It's really good. Expectations versus desires, you know. Correct. Mm -hmm. Like expectations never get you anywhere. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, so um, Chad and Mallory, we'll have you guys answer this first. For those of our couples listening who are engaged and planning the day of their dreams, Mm -hmm. what could you offer them as they're preparing for marriage over the wedding, what, what is something that they could focus on or maybe you wish you could have focused on as you prepared to get married? Well, it certainly would have been easier if we'd had God at the forefront yeah. of everything, which we didn't at the time. Um, one of the things that I would do is, is make sure that when you're, when, you do it, when you're getting ready for the marriage, you focus on any issues that might be already arising because you know what they are, whether they... You can see that contract uh, vow um, relationship coming up because people, you know, will start asking you to do stuff. If you're not com- comfortable with it, then, you know, you probably need to address that before you get married because, like I said earlier, you, you're not going to be able to change somebody once you get married. Once you say, I do, they just don't start doing exactly what you want them to do. I mean, Quite the opposite, yeah. actually. <laughs> so, I mean, I would focus on if there's any issues that, that need to be addressed, I would go ahead and get them out in the open because they're going to come to light sooner or later. So, you know, before you get married and before you, you, you've got to get all that out on the table and just put it before God and see what happens. It's mm-hmm. really good. Uh, yeah, I would definitely say God at the center, for sure. Um, I would evaluate who the people are in their lives and their influence that they have, such as friends or family or whatever. Um, and then I would listen to Act Like Men together. And I would get out a sheet of paper and make tick marks of, does he check off all these things? Mm-hmm. And if not, then reevaluate it. Because well, that series, <laughs> we're, we're working there, we're getting there. But I mean, that, that series totally, totally changed our lives. And it's amazing. Because a lot, a lot of men don't know how to act like men based off of how they're raised or, or whatever the circumstances and the way that Pastor Joby lays it out in that series is truly what the core heart of every woman desires. Mm. That's good. Mm. Yeah. Joby and Gretchen, anything you could offer to our engaged couples? I think if you focus too much on the wedding day and, and getting married and not focus on the end goal then you're you're missing something there, you know. I think the question said planning the wedding and all of that. Take it from us; it won't go the way you want it to. <laughs> it might be little very things. different. It, it might be little things. It might be big things. But focusing more on the relationship that's going to last forever versus the act of getting married and the whole pomp and circumstance around it sure. um, is is huge. And then seriously, what you said, if you 
a lot of times you start to see those little things that don't quite come out, but they're there, and you really need to address that before Absolutely. you even make that covenant. For sure. Okay, so our, our last question, Pastor Joe, we, we ask some version of this almost every week, but where can people start, whether it's the couple that's been married for 30 years, an engaged couple, or any singles, where can they start in hearing the couple who's hearing this and saying, we have found ourselves in a contract, but we want to start living in a covenant. Where can they start? So the problem is, is our world says, I think I need a new spouse. But the good news of the gospel is, is that you can have a brand new marriage with the spouse that you made a vow to love till death do you part. So it doesn't matter how you start. Like our good friends over here, it matters how you finish. And so, I mean, uh, kind of the... The bedrock of, of what it means to be a Jesus follower is that you stop, you change direction, and you begin to follow him. You quit going the way you were going, and you start going his way. That's called repentance. And so if you are living your marriage as a contract, then I would say stop, confess, repent, change direction. If you need to, renew your vows so you know what you're doing this time, and then act like it. And then just with the help of the Spirit of God in you, then begin to not just believe these things about marriage, but behave as if you're going to love your spouse like Jesus loves you. So good. Well, thank you, Chana Mallory, so much for coming all the way down to uh, Jacksonville today to spend some time with us and sharing your story. It's been such a joy to hear from you, and I know everyone at home has valued it as well. Thank you to all of you at home tuning in and being part of Relate each week. Our prayer is that your marriage would be a reflection of Christ's love for us, where you can confidently say, no matter what, I do. Join us next week as we dive deeper into the honeymoon and how (laughs) sex is a great gift from God. Don't miss it. Have a great week, church.